I tell you, I absolutely love January. I feel like we've done what we needed to do and now we can get back to the real stuff. And, um, and January just gives us that fresh opportunity to bring our lives, to bring ourselves, to bring the year before the Lord. And I absolutely love, uh, don't you just love a fresh start? Don't you love the gospel in the calendar year, a fresh start? What's been wiped away? and the new lying before us. We're, we're going to um, have our Bible reading. I just wanted to say, if you've not been with us, we've been, um, and we'll do this for a bit longer, we may not always do it, we've been standing for the reading, because one of the underlying themes going on in Western church culture is, um, is a disregard for how the Bible is not simply a historical document. It's not on the level of other sacred texts. Is uh, what we believe is that this is God's word to us. Is literally, if Jesus was here, he would be releasing these words to us. And I think that needs us paying attention. And that's why we stand um, to align ourselves and open our hearts to God's word. So can we have our Bible reading? And uh, Pam, thank you. Let's stand together. Good morning. So our reading today is from Luke chapter 14, verses 1 to, I think my plan said 25, but I believe it's the end of 24. Um, Yeah, so Jesus heals the man with dropsy is the first heading. On one occasion, when Jesus was going to the house of a leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath, they were watching him closely. Just then, in front of him, there was a man who had dropsy. And Jesus asked the lawyers and the Pharisees, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they were silent. So Jesus took him and healed him and sent him away. Then he said to one of them, if one of you has a child or an ox that has fallen into a well, will you not immediately pull it out on a Sabbath day? And they could not reply to this. The next bit's entitled Humility and Hospitality. When he noticed how the guests chose the places of honour, he told them a parable. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit down at the place of honour in case somebody more distinguished than you has been invited by your host and the host who invited both of you may come and say to you, give this person your place. And then, in disgrace, you would start to take the lowest place. But when you're invited, go and sit down at the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you'll be honoured in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. He said also to the one who invited him, when you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your rich neighbours in case they may invite you in return and you would be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor and the crippled and the lame and the blind and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, 
for you will be blessed at the resurrection of the righteous. The next part is entitled The Parable of the Great Dinner. One of the dinner guests on hearing this said to him, Blessed is anyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then Jesus said to him, Someone gave a great dinner and invited many. At, that at the time for the dinner, he sent his slave to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is ready now. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I brought a piece of land, and I must go and see it. Please accept my apologies. Another said, I brought five yoke of oxen, and I'm going to try them out. Please accept my apologies. Another said, I've just been married, and therefore I cannot come. So the slave returned and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry, and he said to his slave, go out at once into the streets and lanes of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. And the slave said, what you ordered has been done, and there is still room. Then the master said to the slave, go out into the roads and lanes and compel people to come in so that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those who were invited will, take, will taste my dinner. I don't know what you're supposed to say now, but anyway, <laughs> I hope we all receive God's word. <laughs> Thanks so much, Pam. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Brilliant. Well, if you are joining us for the first time, we're, we're coming round the final bend of our Luke series, and uh, we're going to go into Easter following Luke's account of the cross and the resurrection, and then we'll be taken on the road to Emmaus, and then up outside Jerusalem at the end of Luke 24, by the end of April. Uh, so that's the plan. Uh, and this morning, we, we're going to uh, reference the passage, uh, but what we're not going to do is go through line by line. It's, it's been so powerful going through line by line. And the reading we heard today, we could just meditate on all this week, couldn't we? There are so many parallels and challenges to our lives. And that's really been the point of our Luke series, is we don't want to make God in our own image and ask him to fit into our little pocket doesn't work like that he's God we're allowing him to remake us to break our boxes of who we often can get dragged into perceiving Jesus to be and then are inviting him to reform us so that we might really know him and reflect his heart and be his people but what we want to do today is to zoom out and we're going to pick up some of the themes uh, that's been swirling around the Luke series, springing from this passage. Uh, but what we wanted to share with you is at the start of 2024, um, we wanted to share our sense of what God is asking of us right now. And as we've been moving through Christmas and just over the last couple of weeks, we've been asking the Lord the question, Lord, what are you asking of us at the start of a brand new year? Lord, what are you asking of us at the start of 2024? And that's what we wanted to um, just share a bit on this morning. Do you want to pray for us, hon? Huh? 
Jesus, I thank you for your rule, your reign, your majesty. And that as we fix our eyes on you, everything else fades away. And would you come powerfully amongst us today and realign everything within us, our minds, our eyes, our thoughts, our hearts, our bodies, so that we are utterly and completely devoted and fixed on you. Amen. Amen. So I think if, if we were to zoom out, I think, and you were to ask us, what do you sense God is doing in the Western church right now? Our answer would be that we feel the big theme the Holy Spirit's doing in his church in the Western world is he's cleaving the church away from reflecting the values and priorities of the surrounding culture. Now, that's important in and of itself, but the reason is, is because God desires a pure and holy church, which he calls his bride, for himself. A pure and holy, beautiful bride, whose heart absolutely delights in the first commandment, the greatest commandment. Do you remember when Jesus was, was asked, what's the most important thing? And he says, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Now, we're, we're trying to obey that. But the thing that God is doing is he's giving us such a vision of Jesus, our bridegroom, the head of the church. And he's transforming that obedience into delight, to love him, to behold him, and to love him for as he is. And as we delight in obeying the greatest commandment, the result is, is that we, we just feel God is forging a unity between Jesus and his church in distinction to the world that is weaning us off worldly ways to create what he always purposed, a visible, distinct community, which would be a light to the world. And when it's scattered, is like salt in the earth. Utterly different, a community that knows the beauty of its master and is set free. As we've been singing this morning, give us Jesus. We just want you, Lord. We don't care about anything else. Give us more and more of yourself. And as, as we unite with him more and more and more, and his heart is seen in us, then we're actually set free to share good news, to share him to everyone around us. But this coming away from the world and being set apart is not super easy, is it? Because actually to come away from the world's ways and the values and systems of the world causes conflict. And driving this conflict, as we know, is the enemy who's trying to take us off course and trying to distract us from loving Jesus with our whole lives. And so it means if we're going to live faithfully to God and his word and his ways, we're going to have to learn how to live with conflict. Conflict when we're around people whose values are different to those of scripture. Conflict with our own flesh and our, our own sinful ways and thoughts. And conflict with the powers of darkness too. I don't know if you feel it. I certainly do. And I confessed at the nine as well, and I'm going to confess to you guys 
that I had this inner conflict this week. I knew I was down to preach with James, and I'm letting you into a secret that I hate preaching. So literally for about 48 hours before, I'm saying to James, I don't want to preach, I'm not going to preach, I don't want to preach, I don't want to preach, I'm not going to preach, I don't want to preach. And it consumes me. And I knew I needed to do it because I knew God was saying to do it. But I was in worship this morning, just like, give me Jesus. Yeah, Lord, I'm so sorry that I put myself on the throne yet again. You know, I'm there going, no, I'm not going to do what you asked me to. No, 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 no. You know, how easy is it to, for us to live in that conflict? And you have a choice. Am I going to live with what God says or am I going to live with what my flesh is crying out? And sometimes that, that point of tension where you feel that conflict, it can be really intimidating or it can cause us to compromise or it can make us, like me, afraid. The problem is this goes absolutely smack in the opposite of the main message the world is telling us right now. Everywhere the world is telling us, be who you really are. Be who you want to be. Live for yourself. It's the opposite of the first commandment. And we need to be alert and aware of that message that is coming through everything. You know, the challenge to go with your desires rather than the way of Jesus, which is crucify your desires, is the conflict at the heart of this. And it's the spiritual battle every Christian is born again into. When you are born again, if you are today, you are born into a battle where the enemy is fighting for your soul, your flesh is fighting against it, but God has bought you at the highest price and he wants you to live for him. It's the battle that Ephesians chapter 6 talks about and that we're called to take our stand in. And you can see this clash in today's passage. Jesus is at dinner and the guests all do like good, well-trained 21st century Westerners. They push themselves forward. They use their connections. They make sure they're seen you know, by those who are influential, full of you know, status and all of that. You know, this, is, this has been going on for time immemorial, and it's the world we're living in today. And yet Jesus teaches, bang, the opposite. Humble yourself. If you exalt yourself, you're going to be brought down. I don't know about you, I'd prefer, I'd prefer to do the work myself rather than let God uh, take me down. Uh, verses 12 to 14 highlight the difference between living for earthly rewards versus eternal rewards. Don't just host your mates. Don't invite round for dinner those who are wealthy where you're going to get an invite back. and you know, But invite those without the poor, the lame, who can't repay you because we're living from another reality. We're living for the resurrection of the righteous. We're living in front of the God who sees what happens in this life and rewards us with eternal destiny and eternal rewards. Or the parable of the great dinner where basically the rich and the busy didn't go to dinner, but it was the poor, the hungry, the available ones who shared the banquet. And what we're highlighting is how consistently in Luke's gospel, it's this message of the topsy-turvy way around, that the things that we would value are not the things that Jesus values. But like I said, 
it causes a huge clash, whether that's internal or sometimes it's external through persecution. And we're increasingly living as strangers in a foreign land. I certainly feel it. We can see darkness is increasing, um, evil is on the rise in society, and we're struggling, society's struggling. But Jesus came as a light, a light into the darkness, and the darkness couldn't overcome it. And he calls us to do the same. He calls us to be that light into the darkness. But how do we overcome it? How do we, when we feel those tensions and the conflict of the kingdom of heaven meeting the kingdom of the world, how do we not give in? How do we not get overwhelmed or intimidated? And that's what we want to talk to you about this morning, because we need to be prepared for living in that tension. So I just want to illustrate this from a reality I'm in right now, but not for my own personal to be listened to. Uh, but just so that hopefully we can make connections with situations we're facing. Thinking about this as a whole church, and from our viewpoint as church leaders, just before Christmas, we had a big meeting. Uh, Many of us were here, and we shared with you the trajectory God has called us to as a church, uh, us to personally, and we named 2024 as a transitional year of reformation. And it was an exciting meeting, wasn't it? You know, we were talking about Gandalf and hobbits and, you know, uh, quoting scriptures. And, you know, it it felt like, we didn't ask for a show of hands, but it felt like God was really speaking to us and showing us the way ahead. Um, But I think being absolutely honest, as you come away from an exciting, inspiring meeting and, you know, you forget those Gandalf clips and all of that, the reality as I open my computer on the 2nd of January, is, oh my days. (laughs) This is moving towards significant conflict. And my confession, I just want to share with you, is that I don't really like conflict. (laughs) I don't really like, you know, people being upset with me. I don't like... what Jesus was facing, where people are suspicious and watching closely to see if they could catch it. You know, I don't like that. You know, I I get afraid. You know, being really honest, if we call this the year of reformation, all the reformers got killed. (laughs) I can say that now, but you you haven't seen my inbox. (laughs) Uh, Religious institutions do not like reformation. (laughs) They don't. The enemy of our souls does not like reformation. I think, you know, my my confession is, it's like I'd quite like to pull the duvet over my head and just comply and be a good boy and go along with what, you know, everyone wants. But this is not what God is saying. And I need to deal with that internally, my own fear and anxiety about what lies ahead. You know, what really struck me as I opened this passage earlier this week, in verse 1, Jesus accepts an invitation to a house of the leader of the Pharisees, and they were watching him closely. I was just like, that's what I feel I'm living in. And I need to find his way. Because what Jesus didn't do was pull up the drawbridge and just sort of hide in an invisible little community where we worship for an hour and everything's safe and all of that. 
Jesus goes to the house of the Pharisees. These are the guys who've been trying to trip him up for the last couple of years. But he's still going. He's still challenging. And he's found a way in the Father of still being on the front foot, advancing the kingdom and not giving in to fear and anxiety. And, and I think that's really challenging me that I cannot afford to live down here in my flesh. I have to find his way and live from a kingdom perspective. And when we were preparing this, we were, we were talking about the things that hold us back. Because we know as a church, we are all wanting to live up here. We're all wanting to live in God's ways and to see the conflict, not be intimidated, but to be able to stand in love, in grace, in truth, to stand. And we think for us, and I'm sure it's the same for you, the stuff that stops us doing that is the internal issues. It's the issues of the heart that stop us, that, that um, pull us away from trusting God, from having faith, whether it's anxieties, whether it's past hurts, whether it's shame, whatever it is, it's those things that we know what God's saying, but those things in our heart drag us away from doing it or having the confidence to do it. You know, we can either give in to fear and anxiety, pull up the drawbridge, live in a little cocoon and not serve the Lord or we can deal with fear and anxiety the wrong way which is to become angry and embittered full of rage I don't know if this is you know uh, this is what we're just processing and Jesus said in John 16 fear not for I have overcome the world and that's where I want to get to over that hump in him where he is overcoming. So I'm just going to share with you um, something that's been dragging my heart down. And the reason I'm sharing it is I hope you can understand and maybe see it uh, from your own point of view. But I would say over the last couple of years, I've had quite a lot of disappointment, um, which can lead to grief and, and difficulties. And I've experienced that it's so true what Proverbs says, that hope deferred makes the heart sick. And so I've had a choice. Do I let disappointment, disappointment take me off track? It's interesting if you break the word down, disappointment is disappoint me. Um, a point. Uh, and so... I either sit in it and allow disappointment to take me off track, to de-appoint me from what God's asking me to do, or I deal with that disappointment. I process it with the Lord. I allow him to heal my heart, and I allow trust and hope to rise again. That's the two choices I've had, and I know for myself that my heart is sick when I don't do that. And I lack hope, I lack faith, and it drags me down from the things God wants for me. So I'm just sharing that because I'm sure some of you here feel the same. We know those things in our hearts that the Lord wants to deal with, but maybe we hold back because it's either painful or scary or just we become used to it. We become friends with um, that disappointment. And we, we just can't do a fake hero Christianity, can we? It's, it's like at the end of an hour's worship, we're pumped, aren't we? 
But actually, the reality is Tuesday morning when you get to work. Or for some of us here, returning to a spouse who doesn't know the Lord yet. Or a family member where they're just really fiercely pitted against what's going on. And, and kind of like, inspiration isn't enough. It's got to be a work that God does in our hearts uh, so that we can actually, like Lou said, just deal with whether it's a past hurt, griefs, shame, rage, anger, church pain, uh, delayed healing, wrestling with long-term illness, family stuff, whatever it is. Uh, we're, just, we're just wanting to say uh, this morning that as we look at 2024, what we believe the Lord is asking of us is that he's leading us in the year of reformation, but he wants to begin with the reformation of our hearts. He wants to restore our hearts so that we are able in him to take our stand and to prevail in him with what lies ahead. And two pictures which may be helpful for you is... The first one I had when we were preparing is, if you think about, there's two tracks. There's kind of God way, God's ways or my ways. And you know, if we fix our eyes on here, we're trying to run after Jesus, but it's these things that, that kind of drag us down and pull us back. And I think 2024, at the start of this year, he's asking us to cut those things off. The stuff that's dragging us back from the Lord, let's cut it off. Let's be brave enough to cut it off. And the next one is the analogy of snakeskin. And normally snakes are bad, but this analogy is good. We know that the snakeskin sheds the dead skin so that it can be new and fresh and full of you know, lovely looking vitality. And I think, again, that's what he's asking us to do at the start of this year. Allow the dead stuff to be left behind and allow him to bring newness of life to us. I just wanted to say, just so I wasn't being misheard, I absolutely love an hour's worship. I love it when we come together and just heaven's in the room. I, 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 kind of, I can't wait to die in some ways to experience that forever. You know? um, but I think what we're saying is we're also sent into the world to be salt and light. And, and that call to deal with our hearts, to let God reform our hearts so that we're, we're not being dragged down to the earthly, fleshly level, but we're remaining in him, seeing with a heavenly perspective. And I just wanted to sort of say, um, I had an experience this week about how important it is to deal with stuff proactively. The last time I went to the dentist was before COVID. That was a bad idea. And the last couple of years, from time to time, when I'm tired, I've had a, I don't know, my teeth just ache a bit, and, you know, I'm like, oh, you know, and it'll ebb and flow, then I'll take a little ibuprofen, that'll take it off, and I'll be, I'll be fine, you know, and uh, all of that. Well, <clears throat> I won't get it out, but this bad boy <laughs> is a wisdom tooth, and you know you're in trouble uh, well, New Year's Day, I was in agony. And then by Friday, you know you're in trouble lying on a dentist chair when he just has to put his knee on the chair to get a full grip <laughs> to make sure it's, you know, coming out. Um, and, and I think, 
I was just reflecting on how the things in our hearts, a little bit of low-level crucifying of the flesh as we go along, dealing with our stuff, stops the big, heavy, brutal, knee-on-the-dentist-chair extraction, which, which God knows we need, <laughs> but is just not pleasant at the time. And I think we just wanted to say... You are such an incredible community, but we are saying, Lord, like never before, we cannot afford any like past stuff, any patterns of thinking, any patterns of behavior to drag us down. I can't afford that. With what is in front of me, I have to be in him, otherwise I'm sunk. And um, if, what's started, if what's trying to sink me is the heart stuff, I can't do anything about the enemy other than take my stand I can't, but I can do stuff about my heart, and that's what I want to deal with uh, as God reforms us. So why don't we stand? You know, the, the truth is as well, is that he's so kind to us, and he's so gentle, and he is the perfect surgeon to be able to cut stuff out of us with gentleness with love with ease and I think we should just welcome more of the experience and the knowledge of his love for us right now because when we know that it's easy or easier to let stuff go and to have his perspective So Jesus, just come and presence yourself amongst us and take us to the Father who loves us, knows us so well. I thank you, Father, that you know what we need. And you are enough. And we as a church and as individuals just come and sit at your feet. And we ask you to come and heal those areas of our lives that need healing. Would you restore where there's been brokenness, where there's been loss? And would you set our hearts and our minds completely free so that we can live fully for you? I thank you that your Yoke is easy and your burden is light. All we simply have to do is yoke ourselves to you and learn from you. And that's what we want to do, Jesus. So take us on a journey. Draw us closer to your heart.
And as we do that, may things just fall away. So I think how we're going to be before the Lord in just the next few minutes is to give uh, a bit of space for any of us here who would like to come to Jesus and exchange something that needs to be cut away that needs to be let go of, that needs to be laid down and to receive back from him healing, hope. Lou was talking about this appointment where your God appointment has been displaced. The start of reformation is re. And I think God wants to reappoint. And so I think what we're going to do is have a, a sort of tender end to this service. I'm going to get Finn and the team to come and minister to the Lord over us. And what I'd, what I'd love to make space for is any of us here who'd like to come forwards. We're actually not going to do any prayer ministry. I'd love to just create a space for you to just have a few moments before we carry on into our day, into the year, to come face to face with Jesus. And to bring to him what you want to lay down. And as you come... As you lay it down, as you pray and be before him, I want you to ask Jesus what he's given you in return. What's he saying? What's he restoring? What's he reappointing in you? And we can take this into our week. We're going to be fasting and praying, making space in our hearts for more and more of him. But I just want to give us space together as God's people before we go on uh, just to do that. So if that's you, why don't you come? Uh, the reason we're calling you forward is sometimes it's good to move beyond where we're at. It's a physical act. Just to come from where we are as if we we're coming to the Lord himself. Uh, just come and fill this space at the front. Stand, kneel, sit, lie, do whatever you need to do. Uh, we're just going to worship quietly um, in this space and uh, if you need to slip off, slip off when you need to do that but just come now if that's you I'm um, just going to give give space, I'm going to pray over us in just a moment, just come before the Lord there's one or two cushions around if you need them probably not enough for us all
So Holy Spirit, we welcome more of you here. Those of you who've come, if you could just shuffle forwards just to let those behind in. If you haven't come forwards, then let's just stay, stay worshipful, stay engaged with the Lord. Like I say, do slip off when you need to. stand before you, we offer to you our lives. Those personal and deep places in our hearts and we offer them to you this morning at the start of this year. Giving ourselves to you, Lord. <coughs> Holy Spirit, would you come and fill the hearts and minds of your people. Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth. Lord Jesus, God of appointment, <coughs> the God who called us out of darkness into your kingdom, the kingdom, Father of your beloved Son. Come and reappoint your precious people now. Wash our hearts clean. I bless this time. I release healing and hope. Holy Spirit, come and bring comfort. Most of all, come and glorify Jesus. 